0: 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us today. A bunch of stuff out there. Let's do this first. Let's do uh, some Biden stuff. Uh, there's an amazing amount of, of Biden things out there. Uh, I'm just going to play three. Uh, for now. We'll probably hear more later. Um, (laughs) Look, I'll say it this way. I'm already laughing. I I know I laugh all the time, but this is amazing. Um, If you ever doubt that some individuals criticize Biden, because of how terrible he is as a president or a public speaker, like just a dude who's handed a microphone and says stuff into it. These are great examples of how terrible he is, why his approval ratings are so very low, and why he really can't possibly be reelected to this position if you're paying any attention at all whatsoever. Here's some dumb stuff he said.
1: And by the way, I, it's my birthday today, and they can actually sign birthday to me
0: i don't know if you heard that i want to play that again he said they can sang birthday to me i don't even know if i really heard the two uh, the first time i played it i heard they can sang birthday me but well, here we go
1: and by the way i it's my birthday today and they can actually sang birthday <laughs>
0: <me>. <laughs> they can sang birthday to me that sounds amazing if i was any leader of any other country i'm like we're gonna fight this guy that uh, seems like it's gonna go okay and it should not go okay our military is incredibly strong. We just have a moron uh, in the White House right now. Let's do another one.
1: And by the way, I like kids better than people. <laughs> I wish I could stay and watch Wonka with you, but I'm not going to get to do
0: that. I like kids better than people. That feels weird in of itself. But it's the second part that I actually like so much more. I wish I could stay and watch Willy Wonka with you instead of go run the country. They're not going to let me. Um, they're not going to let me do that i guess i I can't you know demonstrate how i'm not actually in control or doing anything i mean think about that that's our president saying out loud with a camera and a microphone that he'd rather watch wonka actually a lot of us would rather he do that uh, than be in charge of our country that's amazing And the final one and this is one that's amusing i guess taylor swift fans more than anybody else but it just shows biden's age at the very least he thinks that taylor swift is britney spears could say even this harder than getting a, a ticket to the Renaissance tour or 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 uh tour. She's down in <laughs>
1: kind of warm in brazil right now
0: so taylor swift is famously in brazil right now uh she is the one on tour and she's the one that i'm pretty sure he's talking about And he says you know the britney whoever the popular one is now that's that's a bit dated sir for you to think that the it girl of today in the world of music is britney spears and not taylor swift but anyway that feels the the least valuable compared to the fact that he's saying he'd rather watch willy wonka and also that you can sang birthday me, or to me. I guess I kind of hear the two. I want to play this because this is also sort of amazing. Uh, Rob Manfred today, the uh, commissioner of Major League Baseball, uh, an organization that the guys before me, specifically David Van Camp, remind us all the time, I hate us. I don't, I don't know that they hate us. And every time I say that on the radio, I get a bunch of texts or Facebook messages about how they definitely hate me. I think they just take me for granted. And that's the way I'd like to think of it. I'm like the, the long-term relationship with Major League Baseball that they just assume is going to stay no matter how much abuse they put me through. They're definitely abusive in the relationship with me, but I think they just assume my loyalty. And so far, darn it, they've been right, even though I wish they weren't. Uh, they're bringing back uh, the All-Star game to Atlanta in 2025. Well, no, they're actually bringing it there the first time because they canceled it in 2021. And I, I really enjoyed how Manfred announced this and the way he sort of, no, they hate me. I know, man, I get this every time. I think they're just an abusive relationship that expects me to stay. Come on. they, they I don't know if they actively even think about me all that much. They think about everybody else. I just got a text that they hate me. But here's what Manfred said about the, the canceling in 2021 which he did reference, and then how uh, they're very thrilled that 2025 the Braves are finally going to get that all-star game, and everybody who lives there, uh, all the small businesses, the hotels, whoever, are going to finally get the financial benefit of a giant thing coming to town. It would be interesting if, if it was a lowly attended, I doubt that, uh, baseball game because fans actually uh, stood up against it, but here we go. I'm
2: pleased to announce that the Executive Council has approved the Atlanta Braves, As the host of the 2025 All-Star Game and the surrounding events, I've said it before, um, we wanted to bring an All-Star Game back to Atlanta. Uh, I made the decision in 2021 (laughs) to move the event, and I understand, Uh believe me, that people had then and probably still had different views As to the merits of that decision.
0: Yeah, Uh, I think the biggest reason we have different views as to the merits of that decision, especially today, uh, Mr. Commissioner, is that you're going to go ahead and bring the All-Star game there in 2025, even though those voting laws that you hate didn't change. Uh, there was not profound change to them. There was a record turnout in Atlanta, in Georgia uh, for the most recent elections, uh, ones that, again, we were told we're going to see um, just horrible, horrible prevention of people from voting. That didn't happen. Not at all. And actually, you know what? I, I want to remind people of this, however silly it is to do this, because it wasn't the the strong position to take at the time. And I admit it. But I kept saying, let's see what happens in the 2022 midterm election or any election that happens in Georgia Because if the left, if the Democrats were yelling into microphones that this is Jim Crow 2.0 and the Republicans or even the state of Georgia was telling you it's simply not, and that's insane to say, there was one really good way to win that argument, and it was the data. Uh, And I I hate the rhetoric. I'm annoyed by the rhetoric. I know you are too. And definitely you can shout down the rhetoric very easily because of how ridiculous it seemed. But the data was the the inevitable um, winner. In all of that, and so if you're Major League Baseball and you're sitting there and looking at trying to put an all-star game back in Atlanta, the hardest thing to ignore and the thing that Manfred doesn't mention is the fact that none of the laws did the stuff Democrats said it would do, but they folded to the pressure anyway. Here's a little more.
2: What's most important
0: is, is that we're idiots? That the
2: Atlanta Braves are a great organization.
0: <laughs> and the city's um, good. And the state's Park, fine.
2: And the battery are gems, great. Oh, they're good. Um, in terms of the facilities. Uh-huh. And Atlanta and Georgia has been a great markets. Great markets for us. For a- I don't
0: know how many times the uh, lies have to be outed for people to at least assume that everyone's lying Uh, the the tinfoil hat way to do this to talk about this topic today would be to reinforce the demonstration that this is on how often democrats lie to you on how ridiculous their their positions are i have one today that i'm i'm dumbfounded by some idiot on msnbc and yeah i'm going to actively call this person an idiot said that uh, president trump needs to be eliminated those are the words uh, that were chosen uh, and anytime you hear about inflamed rhetoric or, you know, encouraging people to, to do harm, uh, you always hear about it on just one side of the aisle. Uh, and even though this isn't necessarily a politician saying this, it's a talking head on a politically leaning television station. And to say out loud, like, needs to be eliminated. How, how can you interpret that? What are, what are the thoughts that go in there? Uh, but anyway, uh, to get back to it for just a second, what I wish more people would do, especially young people, I'm a millennial, and sometimes, and I know I've said that a lot on this show, sometimes I, I cater to, maybe more than I should, trying to win an argument against the people that I know in my life and talk to in my life uh, who think the opposite things of me. And so sometimes I, I simplify uh, my position on that argument. I don't go as hard or as strong as maybe I should because I feel like there's way easier wins. I I just feel that way all the time. Like in the case of this Atlanta thing, the way easier win and the way easier thing to say right now in the form of an apology would be we believed the rhetoric on the left. We see the numbers and there is no impact that harmed uh, minority voters or voters in general as much as we were told they would. So we were wrong. Uh, we were dumb to believe them, and we are bringing the uh, all-star game back to Atlanta as soon as we can because of how stupid our decision was in 2021 to move it. I mean, at least if you say that, you might make some people think they don't hate you, uh, that think they hate you right now. Uh, but again, I, and this is just to say, and I, I don't know, I'm assuming uh, a lot of my audience is not, you know, 20-something uh, Gen Zs or, or, or 30-something millennial uh, left-leaning voters. I'm assuming a lot of you guys aren't out there, but I hope you are. Uh, because I just want to tell you to stop believing the the bull bleep on one side of the aisle so easily, at least be critical of that if you're not going to willingly consider some of the points that people make that are on the right, uh, some of the things that you would say are are you know scary or conservative or whatever it is again, I'm talking to a specific voter. Uh, when I say this, and again, I don't know how many are listening, at least be willing to be more critical of the stuff like Jim Crow 2.0 when it doesn't prove out in any data whatsoever that that's what happened uh, in Georgia, in Atlanta. And if you're MLB baseball, admit it. Say it out loud that we were wrong. Uh, We moved the thing due to pressure or whatever thing that the opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal said uh, that they should do. And then also simply admit that uh, we were lied to uh, blame the Democrats that you leaned on to make the decision in the first place by saying that you didn't look into the law well enough, uh, Rob Manfred or anyone else. And you didn't realize how little of an impact it would have compared to what they were saying it would have. That would be honest. That would be valuable. That would be a step in, I think, middle direction, not, you know, far off to any side of the aisle. All right. Quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100 100- com. You will love this company. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Holland Show. What stuff would you give up to get other stuff? Uh, I think that's sort of the um, segment I'm going to do here. At least two of the topics. 45% of people said they would give up spending uh, holidays with family. Give it up. Uh, Let's just bail on the holiday party altogether if you can have a solo vacation instead. 77% 77 of people in this survey said they need a vacation. And right now I feel like is when it hits hardest, Right. Especially if you didn't take a long vacation over the summer or if you're a person that doesn't really take vacation at all from a job as it gets colder, as it gets crummier, as some of the requirements, uh, if that's what you want to call them. Although people do have fun. I have fun uh, visiting family. Um, people do. That, that, that does, does exist. I'll say that again. Uh, but anyway, as those sort of commitments start to boil up, I think the desire to take a vacation gets even stronger. Uh, but a whole lot of people, again, would go solo. I think that means with your um, significant other, with your wife or husband, as opposed to just totally alone. I don't see the specificity there. Um, but the rest of the family, all that part is something you could you could skip. You could do without. Uh, although maybe it does really mean alone. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say this real quick. And I didn't even mean to tell this story on the air, but I will. Uh, my wife told me recently, I think it was like over the summer, uh, that her brother-in-law went on a trip to Europe alone. He didn't take his wife, didn't take his kids. Uh, I guess his business has been doing well. He runs a farm next to uh, Betty's dad's farm, and he went solo to Europe. And I'm sure a lot of people have suspicions uh, that something else uh, untoward or, or, you know, illicit was going on there. Uh, but to be honest, and and to pretend for a second that maybe genuinely the dude just traveled totally alone, I'd feel like such a jerk. If I if I looked at Betty and I was like, Yeah, I'm going without you. You're not invited. I'm I'm gonna go see a bunch of stuff and it's gonna be great and you can't come. I the odds, like the the odds that you'd stay in a relationship after doing something like that are, are sort of insane. And yet I don't know if that's actually reflected in this data here that forty five percent of Americans want a completely solo vacation. They want no one with them. I feel like that's saying a lot more than just uh you want a few days to yourself. I think you want a lot more time than that to yourself. Uh, Most people would also, this is another one, uh, for giving up, they would give up the Internet entirely if they were guaranteed to have better sleep. Uh, A new survey revealed that almost half of Americans absolutely said yes to that, 45%. More Americans would give up things like their phone, their car, 41% of people said that. Promotions at work, 37% of people uh, said that. Um, I feel like we can actually achieve this one, people. I feel like this one's actually, well... Maybe not my wife. Um, I bought the, the uh, Breathe Right strips or whatever those things are called, and I put one on my face uh, last night, and Betty said I snored just as loud as ever. Maybe I didn't do it right. Maybe I put it too low or high on the nose. I think the next step is uh, sticking something in my face, uh, in my mouth, um, whether it's one of those things I can buy on Amazon or the CPAP machine. But maybe Betty right now would give up some things for better sleep because uh, she, she said she even gave up on me last night uh, with the snoring, and it's only been the, like, winter uh, someone tell me if there's any like winter dry season thing reason uh, that I'd snore more than I was snoring just a few months ago in the summer uh, or if it's something else uh, that's going on. Uh, but she told me like she didn't even try to wake me up and send me to the snore room. She just went there. And so now on Black Friday, I think we might be getting a better mattress for the snore room because it's being used way too much. Uh, that or I'm putting a CPAP or something in my face. Uh, but anyway, a lot of Americans would give up a lot of things to have uh, simply better sleep. And, and again, I think that even though I don't necessarily do this myself either, I'm too tied to my uh, technology, uh, th- this is an achievable thing. Like there's things you can change in your life uh, one way or another and just make time every night, uh, go to sleep at the same time, leave all the technology out of the room, go to the doctor and get medicine if that's what you need to get it done. I feel like it can happen. I might be naive in saying it, uh, but I do feel that way. Uh, one other thing I saw just quickly uh, that I thought was interesting, and I don't know why this got released I don't know if this is trying to become like a selling point thing as opposed to real data. I don't always trust stuff when the company uh, that's telling me something is also selling the thing that they're telling me about. Uh, But Bumble said it's predicting a huge surge in cross-generational dating in 2024 is what they describe it. And not just the thing you think. Yes, yes. Older men like to date younger women. Uh, One thing it references here is Gen X and Gen Z. So a pretty significant age gap uh, between those two generations. Uh, But it's also women. 63% of Bumble users say age is not important when dating. 59% of single women say they are much more open now to dating someone fairly younger than them than they were in the past. Thirty five percent of women say they've become less judgmental about a uh, large age gap relationships over the last year. Some of the reasons for this, they're saying, is that it's become harder to date for values uh, date based on maybe political ideology, uh, social causes you care about, appreciating partners for who they actually are, as opposed to looking for people uh, that, you know, you have uh, less um, um, <laughs> complicated interest in. You have more specific reasons to like. I thought this was fascinating. A focus on dating someone who is in tune with their mental health, like going to therapy, prioritizing people who value self care, uh, and also uh, people who are financially doing well is something that seems to be the reverse of that with younger men saying they're more interested in dating older women or younger women saying they're more interested in dating older men. But across the board, apparently, it seems, according to Bumble, who again is selling people stuff. Uh, that you're more likely in 2024 to have a wider gap in your age than in previous years. Uh, Will Stevenson is the formerly married Will Stevenson, as he talks about <laughs> on the show. You think that's true? You think age gaps are becoming more common? Oh, what the heck? Sure. Why not? That's what you're saying out there. That's what you you're know, thinking. I still kind of prefer
1: closer to my age, but... Sure.
0: Well, the thing that's always funny know. to me is is the references. you know, And like actually, I you dealt know. with that with my own relationship with Betty, because she's not from the same country. There's things I referenced, but you know what's fun? I'll mm-hmm. tell you this, and maybe this is why age gaps would work, too. Showing them the stuff you're referencing that they have no idea about, and then they like it. You know what I mean? Like, there's a bunch of TV shows and things that Betty has seen because of me now, oh. and now she gets the references. Now she understands
1: so, the things. So what you're telling me is is that you are a positive
0: influence sure. on... I think so. I'm not. <laughs> I think so, and she would be a positive influence on me. I know stuff about like things that were popular in Mexico when she was growing up that I wouldn't oh, know. There about you before. go. That's yeah. the
1: way it's kind of supposed to work, I would think. Okay,
0: yeah, good.
1: I don't know that I. Uh, I, I would imagine that there's they're probably. Uh improperly using your data if you start a bump, <laughs> bumble profile but oh, to uh,
0: determine that the age gaps are going yeah. up but
1: you know whatever
0: yeah. uh, i just got a text from uh, og tim that said his wife is 20 years older than them they've been together for 15 years and he's he's doing great nice it's awesome
1: good job way tim. to go
0: what's the biggest thing that uh, she referenced at some point that you had no idea what it was what was what was the moment tim you gotta respond with me one more text she's like <laughs> oh my god you're young i want to know what that is <laughs> and then we'll be fine all right i'll take a break I'll We'll do a lot more in a bit. AM, it's 1470. <laughs> you think you're really going to get Tim to give you that? He gave me this so far. Oh, all right. He gave me more than I expected already. So come on, Tim, one more. Uh, quick break, a lot more. 1470s and AM, 100.3s and FM, all over the internet. WMBDRadio.com uh, and the WMBD Radio app. You can put the app on your smartphone if you don't have a radio handy. Hit play, hear all the things the radio hears, including Will Stevenson live and local in the WMBD Radio Newsroom.
1: Craig, there's no deal yet on a release of hostages from. Uh, held by Hamas in Gaza. While noting the delicate nature of negotiations, White
3: House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says the administration believes all sides are getting closer to a deal to release hostages.
0: We're closer now than we've been before.
4: That's a good thing, but you know we don't want to do or say anything publicly that's
0: going to jeopardize uh, what we hope will be a, a positive result.
3: Any agreement to free hostages is likely to include a pause in fighting. Several Americans are believed to be held by
1: Hamas in Gaza, including a three-year-old child. Fox's Jared Halpern at the White House. More on the war at wmbdradio.com. Authorities have been, or rather autopsies have been completed on the two people who died Friday night when their cars collided on US 150 near Kickapoo. That's according to Peoria County Coroner Jamie Harwood, who says the cause of death, causes of death for 76 year old Pamela Spencer of Edelstein and 67 year old Chester Lean of Macomb. Both were severe multiple blunt force trauma injuries and both likely died instantly. Peoria County Sheriff's Office says Spencer was trying to pass a vehicle while going westbound when she collided head-on with leans going eastbound. Both drivers, Harwood says, were wearing seatbelts. And the United Auto Workers have ratified the deal that ended their strike.
3: The United Auto Workers reveals 64% of its members voted to ratify new contracts with Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis. The deal, which runs through April 2028, comes after the union's six-week strike against the automakers. It includes a 25% increase in base wages over the four and a half years. Cost of living adjustments estimated to be over $42 an hour. It also reduces the number of years needed to get to top pay from eight to three years and boosts Temporary workers pay by 150 percent. UAW President Sean Fain saying in a statement, the members have spoken, adding we have turned the tide for the American auto worker, vowing to turn the union's attention to organizing foreign-owned and Tesla
1: auto plants. Fox's Kristen Goodwin. More at WMBDRadio.com. WMBD News is brought to you by Uftring West and Cadillac. Have you noticed that more people in central Illinois are driving Cadillacs? Test drive a new Cadillac and find out why at the Cadillac of Cadillac dealers. Uftring West and Cadillac in Peoria.
0: Up- 1470 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins show. Uh, Thrilled to have you with us. Bunch of stuff to talk about. As I always say, Uh, a couple quick things. First, there is a lot of coverage now of a battle happening in the Middle East around a second hospital. And I want to honestly, like just for a second, uh, take all the aspects of, of this as best as I can do on the show. Uh, so so humor me for a minute, because these are the types of stories, the types of headlines. And yes, um, the advance uh, information about the likelihood of an attack or, or a strike, whatever you want to call it, um, a raid on this hospital uh, allowed the hospital to evacuate 28 premature babies and move them to another hospital in the area. Uh, that was according to the World Health Organization. That's been all over the news. You've heard it reported even in our newscasts. Um, and so this sort of discussion in the simplistic terms in which I've provided it so far, I think emboldens those uh, who are protesting. Uh, we've been seeing a lot of it, uh, certainly uh, younger people, and saying that what's happening is wrong. It's, it's a human uh, rights issue, that, that the innocent people in the Gaza Strip, the Palestinians, uh, deserve ceasefire simply because, this is not my opinion, by the way, anyone just tuning in, this is the opinion I hear all the time, simply because of how dangerous everything is Uh, To to civilians. Um, However, I want to provide a little bit of the counter argument. Uh, Let's pretend for a second. Uh, Let's do a thought experiment and say that you're Israel. Uh, Say that you're either the people or some of the leaders or even some of the military uh, there. Um, I doubt any of them, the people, the military, and the leaders, want to harm innocent babies. I I don't think that's a component of what Israel wants. It is something Hamas wants, by the way. They did horrific things when they killed 1,400 people, including babies, and I don't even want to discuss it. I saw a story about something a while back, and I never talked about it on the radio, and you can go look at it if you want to, but it's it's horrible. But I, I don't think the evil of that exists on the other side. However, um, Hamas, the terrorist organization, is making these positions where the fights are happening uh, by the information that we're getting here in our country, or the information that Israel is getting of where you know this equipment or these people or or whatever it is uh, the the actual force that Israel is fighting is is hiding or, or putting their stuff. So what what do you do in that situation if there's you know someone standing in front of a bad guy uh, promising to you that if you don't um, do something, that they will uh, take the lives of many, many people you care about and love. Uh, wh- how do you handle that situation? That's, that's simplistically the question. Um, and I think that a lot of people are are demanding, uh, these people who I see protesting all the time, for a unrealistic situation to be the reality of, of life right now. Uh, they're pretending as though if a ceasefire happens, Hamas will just stop trying to to kill as many people in Israel as they can, and that's just simply not true. I actually have a rant from Jordan Peterson, uh, who popped up on on, uh, Bill Maher's show uh, that I'll probably play at some point that's kind of connected to that. Another thing, just shifting gears a little bit, I thought this was interesting. This uh, news came out a little bit earlier today. Uh, Lawyers for Donald Trump and the Justice Department uh, squared off today in federal court, uh, federal appeals court, about some of the gag orders that have been placed on Trump, and it seems as though some of the judges are actually leaning toward agreeing with Trump and his lawyers and uh, contemplating shrinking, narrowing, or maybe altogether deleting uh, some of the gag order things uh, that have been happening. I, I would praise this as a great decision if it happens. I, I don't know that it will, but I'd praise it as a great decision because uh, I've said uh, till I'm blue in the face already on this show. I'll play some audio after this, by the way, but I've said till I'm blue in the face on the show that you you have to allow – Anyone. It doesn't have to be Trump. I'm not saying this just because it's Trump. And if you're like, oh, man, this guy loves Trump so much that he'd say anything to support that uh, former president. Uh, No, I believe that Biden can say whatever he wants, and it seems as though he does. And I think a lot of the things he says, he's not even aware that they're wrong. They are wrong. He lies a lot. I think he might be so far, um, you know, in issues with his own mind that maybe he's not even sure if those things are true or not, like that he was basically going to play NFL uh, football at one point. I think he might have said something to that effect over the weekend, which is still hilarious. Uh, But anyway, I just want to get to this uh, as quickly as I can, because I do think it's, it's so important limiting trump whether you hate the guy and agree with it or or love the guy and disagree with it is a terrible way to start allowing the justice department to interfere with our elections no matter what you think of right and wrong it, it is interfering you tell a guy who's running for that office with the amount of support that he has that he can't say whatever he wants to say and his first amendment is violated there's no argument around that and it appears as though uh, in the courtroom, some of the judges in the federal case after this appeal might be agreeing with me, which feels real good. Uh, we'll see if that's actually the decision they, they truthfully make and how far it goes, uh, because restricting the speech of a political opponent is bad. And that's what Trump's attorney said as well. And you can hate the, the person making the argument, but actually be fair to the argument itself, uh, which people are, are almost incapable of today. At least some people are almost incapable of that today. All right, I want to play this. This is a politician, uh, Dan Goldman. Uh, he is on Jen Psaki's show. Uh, he's talking about Trump and how horrible and terrible his rhetoric is. And I, I think that this, uh, what is it, like 30 seconds of audio is some of the most amazing audio I've ever played in the show. And that might seem like ridiculously high praise for what's not going to appear to be all that important uh, when I play it the first time. But I, I promise you... And I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier in the show, but I, I want to play it and then tell you why I think it's so important that this is exactly the problem. Like the this is at the heart of the issue in today's world of political rhetoric or whatever the other crap is uh, that makes people feel so strong and their opinions are so you know, um, aware that things are unfair, whatever you want to call it. So again, this doesn't sound like it, but I think it's some of the most important audio I've played all year uh, because I don't think that this one politician, Dan Goldman, is alone in this uh, sort of taking both sides of an argument position that he does in literally 30 seconds. I'm amazed at at the topic of conversation and how he ends his, his rant. Here we go.
3: But his rhetoric is really getting dangerous, more and more dangerous. And we saw what happened on January 6th when he uses inflammatory rhetoric now and his recent True Social post uh, is incredibly, incredibly scary for anyone uh, that might be trying to work in government. And um, it is just uh, uh, unquestionable at this point that that man, Cannot see public office again. He is not only unfit; he is destructive to our democracy, uh, and he has to be—he uh, has to be eliminated.
0: He has to be eliminated. So you start it by saying the rhetoric, man. Trump is—he's throwing it out there. He's lobbing all these sorts of ideas and thoughts and things that are, are scaring us, uh, the political left, that he's going to go after somehow if he gets back into office, and, and somebody's going to hurt us because of the things that he's saying. So in order to stop him from saying that stuff and having uh, nobody actually hurt us, we got to eliminate him. I can't like it's I'll play it again for you because you might not think it's as important as I do. But it's it's 30 seconds um, or so of a statement that goes from. Uh, this guy says crazy stuff that no one should be saying on any platform whatsoever. To this guy needs to be uh, killed is basically what eliminated means. Y- you can't eliminate someone uh, in, in nice ways. I don't think I'd ever consider someone to be eliminated if you say, you you know, tricked them into giving up their presidential campaign. I don't think that's what that word means.
3: And that's going to continue in his criminal trials. But his rhetoric is really getting dangerous, more and more dangerous. And we saw what happened on January 6th when he uses inflammatory rhetoric now and his recent true social post uh is incredibly incredibly scary for anyone uh that might be trying to work in government and um it is just uh unquestionable at this point that that Man cannot see public office again. He is not only unfit; he is destructive to our democracy, uh, and he has to be—he uh, has to be eliminated.
0: All right. One other thing. Uh, one other take. If I'm not going to go the—the the, you know that's as inflamed as anything can possibly be. Just to picture Trump real quick. I hate the whataboutisms, but they're so easy to do. Uh, picture Trump real quick saying that someone needed to be eliminated. And how the the world would respond, or at least the left-leaning media would respond. They'd be very upset uh, in those situations. Uh, but anyway, uh, to get back to it and what I think is probably you know, the most in, important aspect to me outside of uh, the inflamed rhetoric version of it is the arrogance of it, is the opinion that if the American people chose by and large to elect Trump again – Uh, through our our current process of how you get, even if he didn't get the popular vote, uh, but if he got enough uh, of the Electoral College to be the next president, that there are people that just stand there and assume that that can't happen. Um, I don't think that anyone uh, can't be Uh, our president. If enough Americans would support them to be our president, I think that would be the way in which our society, our country, our government is supposed to work. And that's, I think, why there's very few rules on what you have to uh, be or not be in order to run for president of this country. Um, Even rules that make people mad, like could Trump still run if he were in jail? And the answer is yes, he could still run if he were in jail, which is crazy to people, but not to me. Because if you had enough support from the United States of America, and you'd hope if someone was like a really terrible, horrible person uh, who committed uh, really awful crimes, I'm talking about like a murderer or something, that they'd have no chance to ever be uh, elected. Uh, I know as I say that a whole bunch of people just thought, oh, Craig, Uh, the amount of politicians who've done things that, um, you know, there's there's conspiracy theories about. But anyway, for the sake of argument, just just ignore that thought that ran through your brain for anyone that thought that Uh, I would hope that we wouldn't elect people. Uh, based on on certain things and so again it's simply the right of the the people of this country the people that this individual and anyone that works in our government serves to get to choose who they want to be the president and yeah we're going to disagree about it but once all the votes come in and i know uh people are also yelling at the radio saying we don't even care about the votes anymore once all the votes come in we're supposed to let the guy who won uh, be the president of the united states that's what's supposed to happen and so i again i just find it amazing that you could uh interview anywhere especially as, as friendly as MSNBC is, and say in the interview that we just cannot allow this, that we, we have to refuse this to happen, uh, because you should have no power in it. We, the voters, have all the power. So we're the ones who can choose to let it or not let it happen, uh, not you. At least that's how it's supposed to work. Again, I know people yelling at the radio being like, no way, it doesn't work that way. Uh, anyway, we'll take a break on that note. Uh, a lot more coming up in just a bit. 1470, 100.3. The showroom in Washington. 1470 100.3 wmbd it's the craig holland show i found a, a study on studyfinds.org. Uh, it's a pretty place pretty good place to go you can find all kinds of like crazy um things that are out there in the world as far as uh recent studies go this one's out of germany uh, by the way and i love a sent. i love a sentence in this so much i shouldn't love it as much as i do but i do Uh, Because we've all worked at a place at some point in your life where you feel like it's unfair to you. It it could be a direct superior. It could be a bunch of people. Uh, You've been there. You've had some kind of gig at some point in your life. Where you walk in and you're like, somehow I'm not going to win whatever arguments come up today. I'm going to lose. Or even if you don't want to call it win lose, I'm not going to be agreed with. They're going to disagree with me. I love it. And this is, this is true. Uh, this, um, study went into this and talked about it. And the thing they were really focused on, which I thought was interesting is the employees who get better treatment. Uh, they say uh, playing favorites, but it, it's a little bit more complicated than something that simplistic. It's not necessarily just praising uh, certain uh, workers and then not praising as much other ones for bosses, but it's truly siding with people uh, more often than siding with the other individuals, uh, whoever they are, that feel like they're being treated unfairly. And here's what I love about it is that, and this is the quote in it, this is especially true. This is one of the uh, doctors who studied this. When privileged employees are already dominant and want to keep their perceived higher status, in this case, some are even willing to undermine their coworkers. I love how simplistic that's stated and how obvious that is. Because again, if you've ever worked anywhere where you feel like there's an unfair bias toward people's opinions that are not your own, yeah, you start to feel like those coworkers who feel a little bit uh, more comfortable in however they're being treated uh, might also do some negative things that they shouldn't be doing uh, because they have the ability to do it. It's essentially, it's essentially a study in human nature is what it says and it's sort of interesting is that we all compare ourselves to each other we're all competitive and if you've been given special treatment or the perception of higher status, uh, you run with it. Uh, one of the other things they said is essentially you become a jerk or a bunch of people can become jerks. If it's a a like closed group of individuals who all feel like they're uh, the co-decision makers on a variety of things. I, I just loved it so much because, again, I'm sure it flashed in your mind, uh, whatever it is, wherever you've been. Hopefully it's not where you're at uh, right now, uh, but at some point in your life, uh, unless you've always been a favorite, then maybe a part of you is like, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I actually thought about it uh, in families, it too, you know, because this is a very simplistic. And I think that's why they say it's just human nature within the study. But if you're one of uh, a few different siblings, uh, you probably think somebody's a favorite. You probably think it's not you. Um, And if it is you, I don't know how you behave in that world if it's similar to the people uh, that are in these workplaces acting as though they have more authority than they do. Uh, But it's it's just fascinating to me. I just love the study. It's out there, study.org today. And I'm sure there's a bunch of people who are reading it and thinking to themselves, well, yeah. (laughs) So I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, one other one I liked. I I saw this, too. I thought this was an interesting story out there. Um, It's an actual question. I think the New York Post and the Washington Post uh, both asked it. Could you explode your stomach by overeating on Thanksgiving? Is that something you could actually do? And apparently the answer is yes. However, it'd be really hard, and there's a lot of things that your body would try to do before detonation uh, that would cause you to not be able to consume so much that you'd you'd blow the thing up. Uh, Things like releasing the food. I think you know what I mean, uh, in in a couple different directions. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that experts say would make it almost impossible uh, for you to do this on your own. But they do they do throw out the caution that it it is a thing that could happen if you eat too much really thick food is how it's described here. Uh, a lot of heavy things, uh, then there's there's an off chance that you could blow up your stomach. I don't know why, I don't know why that makes me uh, so amused. Although I do also like this is uh, now connecting together as uh, dual topics, that there's another nickname for Friday. Black Friday, of course, is the retail version of the holiday. I don't know if Will Stevenson, our news director, uh, knows the other nickname. for. It's another color that they call Friday, not black. No, I don't think I do. They call it Brown Friday. Oh. Do you know why? Could you guess? plumbers become very active. Oh, well, on brown how about pl- <laughs> that? That's nice. It's a real thing. Uh, this was also out there in the world. Uh, Roto-Rooter uh, was one of the people <laughs> that told us about this, uh, which I thought was funny. But the number one highest traffic day Four plumbers is the Friday after Thanksgiving. Whoops! Yep, some some things happen. I guess
1: I think there's a reason. I used to li- I used to grow I grew up in an area with that with a plumber that had a TV commercial on all the time that said we're number one in the number two <laughs> business. And I think nice. I know
0: why. Yeah, I, I drove by a um a van today actually coming into work uh, that said we get the potty started. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what <laughs> brand it is, but I, I thought that was a pretty funny slogan. We get the potty started. Is it
1: one of those pe- one of those plumbing places that drives around a van that has like artwork on the driver's side door? It might be of uh, a driver sitting on a toilet seat driving.
0: I don't want to get too specific with you. <laughs> there might be some artwork on the side of the on side of the van, but I, I did think that's funny. A they lot- sure
1: do try to dump this stuff on you don't see
0: i knew it was gonna happen thank you i I gotta get the rim shots ready for you all right (laughs) we're gonna take a break after the break i'll get back into some of the the serious topics of the day uh the white house press secretary answered questions i'm sure a lot of people think she did a bad job with that i'll tell you what i think Ah, no, she did a bad job uh but that and quite a bit more coming up in a bit am it's 1470 fm 100.3 all over the internet wmbdradio.com, and the wmb let's get you covered for less 1470 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Holland Show. Uh, I'm just going to cover this quickly, but you've probably been hearing or will hear some sort of reaction to what happened in Argentina, uh, that the guy who got elected to be the new president there is someone that describes himself as a libertarian, an outsider of the political system. Uh, And I just want one other thing that I find really interesting and maybe a parallel uh, to our country is that from January of 2020, to, uh, this month or well just last month actually october of 2023 inflation has risen insanely uh, there in argentina things have gotten out of control uh, inflation has uh, risen um, uh, so much that people voted on that one issue most likely according to some uh, more than uh, any other issue uh, this is interesting uh, for another reason and this uh, pivots away from talking about argentina for a second because uh, I, I got a message from a buddy of mine uh, mt uh, reagan and actually you should go look at what 22VA is doing at the uh, library downtown. Uh, that's something you should do. You should go there. You should spend a good amount of time. Uh, there were a bunch of artists there over the weekend. I was there. It was it was great uh, talking to and meeting some of those artists. You're probably going to uh, hear from some of those veterans uh, on the show at some point. Um, but the the thing keeps growing. Uh, I was there last year with MT. I often see uh, the 22VA thing that they have in the back of the, the VFW in Peoria Heights. Um, and it, it's just, it's remarkable uh, how much uh, additional like artwork they're finding and the people uh, that are doing that work and the stories they have um, and the way that you can kind of see some of that story and some of the art. One of my favorite things, I, and this isn't even what I'm supposed to talk about, but I'm, I'm here, I'm doing it because I was there and it was great. The, the show and go, it's still going on at the uh, downtown library on Maine, or yeah, I think it's the Maine library is what it's called. It's not actually on Maine, uh, here in, in downtown. Um, but but the thing that was most interesting to me is the—and the, see, I, I want to describe this the right way, but I'm not an art connoisseur, so I'm probably not going to describe this the right way. I'm probably going to do it the, the layman's way, but like the brightness of some art as you see someone doing more and more of it. Uh, who is getting some sort of catharsis from it, I imagine, uh, which is part of the point of of 22VA, because there was one artist who had a lot of things on display, and I don't think he was actually there, I don't think I got to meet him, uh, who had much darker images. They weren't even necessarily like images of war, just darker images. And then as you see a progression in his art, things get lighter. And then eventually there's this amazing uh, painting of of a couple boats sitting on a dock in some water, and it's so bright. It's so... And it's it's just sort of... You know, jarring to, to think about uh, as, as stupidly as I can, who barely understands any even remote version of what uh, these people went through and certainly not anything close to what actually uh, they would know and feel. But to to see the art actually doing that and the artists uh, that were there um, and got to talk to people about their art and uh, how important that seemed. Um This wasn't even my intended topic, but I'm here and I can't get away from here. And I probably should have booked M.T. and get him on the show. Uh, But there was one other uh, veteran that I talked to uh, on Saturday when I went to the opening day of this thing. And as I was talking to him about the art itself, not a specific piece. I wasn't like, what went into this piece? What went into that piece? His name is John. But when I just asked him in general about all of his art and everything, I saw his eyes well up with tears. And the reason that that's so moving to me, this is a weird thing to say, but it's just true, um, when I think of veterans, when I think of, of military, two things immediately shape my opinion of military. The things that they're capable of doing, they're willing to do to protect you and I, which makes them incredibly strong, tough people, in my opinion. And then my grandpa and how how sort of tough he always was. I don't know if I ever saw my grandfather who fought in the Korean War for the Army. like cry. I don't think I've ever seen him. I ever saw him cry. I, I can't f- remember one time. And so when I see these guys in those moments that I know uh, did what they did and, and you know, everything else uh, get a little bit emotional, it feels even more moving uh, to me because these are guys that I assume maybe don't get that emotion. And that's probably a dumb assumption, too, uh, but there's just like a toughness that I that I think is there. So when I was talking to him about the experience of all of the art that he's created uh, since he he served, in, I think, of Vietnam uh, as that veteran. Um, it was, is, and just go like just going and looking at it and not doing more than that is something that, that provides that version of relief to them. And actually, you know what? I I just remembered it the exact way he said it. I said, why is it important to have the art here in the library hanging up? Like, why is it something that matters to you? And he said, cause it's out because it was in me and now it's out. And, and that to me, man, just go, go, go to the exhibit. Anyway, to get back to the other thing that has nothing to do with it, that this all about uh, Argentina and all about um, all this other crap in the world i actually kind of even totally forgot my point on that other stuff because it's not as important it doesn't matter as much oh but just in general the idea that that um you know people in argentina are fed up with the crap that they've been served for so long that they're going another road and for whatever reason a whole bunch of people out there in media are, are crapping all over this person is to me sort of hilarious and and the whole reason why is again because um the guy is not even as far right as they're describing him as being. He thinks he's a, he's a libertarian. But for Argentina, that's pretty far right because they've been you know socialist and communist and left uh, for so very, very long. All right. Now, one other quick thing, actually, before I play some Corinne Jean-Pierre audio that I have. Um, there are some judges that are hearing an appeal case for Trump and uh the thing I saw on MSN uh, or on NBC, msnbc I wouldn't see it there. On NBC News was that the judges have signaled they're skeptical of the the size of the gag order placed on Trump in his election interference case and they are contemplating narrowing and or eliminating it. It looks like they'll probably narrow as opposed to uh, eliminate the gag order entirely. Uh the reason why the Trump judges or the Trump lawyers were arguing is that it's just inherently unfair uh to uh, restrict the speech of a a uh, politician as significantly or as successful as as trump is i hope they do away with it completely because that's true they're, they're right to say that it isn't fair and that you can't you can't just tell them you can't talk about any of this stuff because in all honesty and i don't think this is actually an argument the the judges are, are going to receive the way they should um People do care about these topics, no matter what Trump's defense is of himself in any of these cases that are trying him right now. And some of them waited. They could have tried him sooner when the political attention wasn't as significant as it is. But they waited for whatever reason you pick uh, what you think it is. Uh, But The thing that's so interesting to me is is uh, because of his popularity, because of his significance, people do want his opinion on what's happening to him in courtrooms. So telling him not to share it. Uh, whatever that opinion is, is is crazy in and of itself, right? Let's play this. This is White House Press Secretary Corinne John pierre You know what, actually, I'm going to hold on to that. It's, it's just a dumb answer. Let's go with um, um Janet Yellen instead, uh, because there's something that I thought was really amazing um, that was said, uh, you know, uh, fine. All right, but you know what, that's a tease. The Janet Yellen audio is great. I'm going to save it, and we're just going to do a quick thing. I can't believe I just convinced myself of both of these. I apologize for the confusion. Uh, on the air. We'll do um, Corinne Jean-Pierre because it's easy. It's quick. We'll take a break. We'll come back to the much more amazing uh, Janet Yellen thing that she said and why I have a problem with it. Because if I just give myself a minute to talk about that, you might not understand where the problem is or the people on the left uh, that want to yell at me for stuff uh, might think I'm being mean and I want to make sure to explain myself as best I can however stupid it is to try. Uh, but here, let's just do uh, the White House press sec- secretary real quick. Um, she's asked about the low approval ratings for the current president, the horrible job approval rating specifically, and she says something awesome. I, I think it's awesome because of how obvious it is and how much they don't seem to be actually accepting the truth in what she seems to have said sort of without realizing, even herself, the truth in the answer she gave. Here we go.
3: The polls that show that the electorate at large and also uh, significant majorities within the Democratic Party believe uh, that the president is too old, the polls that show the American people and also significant majorities within the Democratic Party don't want him to run again, and the polls (laughs) that show his handling of the economy, foreign policy, all of these dismal polls, his job approval ratings. Um, does the White House have any basis to challenge the accuracy of that polling? Okay,
0: look, before I even play her answer, that's an awesome question. And it's asked in an awesome way because it's like a lot of polls, man. There's a lot of opinions on all different kinds of stuff. And it's not just Republicans. It's not just independents. It's an overwhelming amount, um, uh, a majority of Democrats that are saying, don't run again, too old, and done a terrible job here, here, here. Are you guys going to say that's not true? What what are you going to do? To handle this version, deeply unpopular is the way that I often describe Biden. Here we go.
2: I never, we never.
3: Cha- I'm not challenging the accuracy here. That's not <laughs> what I'm doing. What I'm saying to you is that, um, you know, we're uh-huh. not going to change the minds of Americans. I get that. Do you? Americans are going to feel how they feel. And yeah, we we're do. going to respect that. And I've said that many times from here.
0: But also, uh, Biden's not going to stop running. He's not going to stop telling you that Bidenomics has been great and that you really have more money in savings than you think you do, et cetera, et cetera. Their whole campaign is to try to tell you that the only reason you think things are bad or that Biden has done a bad job is he hasn't been good enough at telling you all the great stuff he's done. Which is hilarious to me because you just tell us the great stuff you've done and then we'll decide if it's truly great. But instead, they don't do that. They just say there is great stuff and you're not aware of it. And and this number here and that number over there tells us how great things are. And the reality is, the truth is, no matter how great you tell us it is, I still get to decide for myself. If I'm doing better or worse than I was doing a few years ago, and I'm doing worse, uh, you're doing worse. Most everybody's doing worse. So it's easy for us to see through uh, this level of, of lie. It's like someone actually running on the campaign that the sky is not blue. Uh, I promise it's not blue, and no matter what you think, it's not blue. And hoping that you're like, all right, man, he said it's not blue. All right, quick break. We'll do the Janet Yellen audio and then some not political stuff after the break because I'm, I'm going to dig a little deeper. It's about school. Uh, not school here, uh, school in Ukraine. And they're telling us why the amount of money we need to approve to go over there um, has to include certain things. And if you if you want to interpret me negatively, you're going to be like, Craig hates kids. Uh, but I promise you I don't, and I'll convince you after this. 1470, 100.3, wait.com. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. How much money do you need to be happy? Uh, that's a question that got thrown out there. Uh, it's a question that gets thrown out there every year around this time. I think CBS News uh, did this topic and some other people uh, did this topic. Uh, the median uh, household income in the U.S. stands at $74,000 annually. Uh, people want way more money Uh, To be happy, they said you need an annual income for the household. Uh, That could mean uh, you and uh, one other earner, at least, of $284,000. Those numbers have gone up, unsurprisingly, over the last few years because things are more expensive. So we need a little under $300,000 to achieve happiness, uh, according to 6 out of 10 Americans. Uh, If you're doing well, you actually um, think you need even more. Uh, some in the upper echelons of income who still say uh, they don't feel the security or the happiness they thought they did. I want $1.2 million, uh, more dollars in the bank uh, than they currently have. Uh, that's the a nest egg that makes you feel as though uh, things will be okay uh, for the foreseeable future. What I thought was really interesting about this, and there's a couple studies. I think Princeton is one of the places that did it. And NBC, or not NBC, CBS, excuse me, actually covered it this way. And I was going to play some of the audio, uh, but I'm not going to play it. Uh, But they were uh, demonstrating the the comparison between baby boomers and millennials, my generation and a couple generations ago. And they said that a lot of this data is very promising. It makes it appear as though uh, millennials are not as far behind financially as um, they are perceived to be. Uh, And however, none of the data actually matches up. The amount of 35 uh, plus individuals who owned a home for the baby boomers was in the 60 percent. For the millennials, it's in the 40 percent. So it's still like a 20 percent difference. But the way CBS was reporting is, hey, this looks better than you think it does. Uh, this is, is more than you hope it would be. And here's what's really interesting to me about this. Uh, the amount of Americans that are still living at home to achieve buying whatever the house is they want to buy is, is at a, is a crazy high, like seven out of 10. And I wonder uh, what this is uh, that causes this uh, with young people, because I, I, I'll say it this way. This is the best way that I think I can say it. You do start to accumulate wealth. um, And this is coming from a guy who knows very few things about money. But I do know this is true. uh, By buying even a crappy house, uh, as long as, you know, you can somehow make that crappy house not lose value over the time you live in it, as opposed to renting, Uh, renting something or, I guess, living at home. And I I think that's a part of it. I, I do. I think that there's this desire that you shouldn't have your first home, say, be, um, not exactly what you were picturing it being when you were a little kid in order to start building wealth and that um, you might get a better house later on, especially in the last few years, if you've purchased anything, uh, you've probably seen the value of that home go up, not down over the last few years, not as, as true currently. But I think that's a unique part of it that would allow more baby boomers, 60-something percent, um, to have a home at 35 when only 40-something percent of millennials have them, how long we're waiting my generation, to buy the first home and how much we want the first home to have or where it's located. Uh, even that, too. Uh, a lot of younger people prefer to work in bigger cities where things are tremendously more expensive. Um, moving to Peoria was a, a godsend to my wife and I uh, after living in Chicago as long as we did because we bought a house and we own a house and the house is doing pretty good. Uh, we've uh, done a lot. Betty's done a lot, uh, I think, to improve it. Uh, more than I have, which hurts my man card. But it is what it is. And so, when and if that's a home that we wind up selling, I think that you know, now we're just a few years into the loan, so probably not yet. But at some point, it might be financially a win for us. And so, if we had done that in our twenties instead of uh, me being in my thirties, I probably would have more accumulated wealth than I do. But I made a bunch of the decisions that millennials make that are that you got to blame yourself for, man. When I look back in it and I think how long I lived in Chicago. Uh, how many years I rented ridiculous uh, apartments there um, and had, you know, jobs that weren't necessarily paying me uh, to build wealth, uh, that 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 was my call. That was my decision uh, to go those roads, and I I probably could have made a different decision and uh, have more uh, right now than I do. All right, uh, one other quick thing. I just thought this was uh, kind of interesting as well. Um, I don't know how you feel about her. I know a lot of people feel a certain way about her this time of the year. Mariah Carey was out there performing two nights on a Christmas tour that I guess she's on, and she's gone viral because she sang with her daughter Monroe. Um, her daughter is 12, and people uh, seem to really like this. So I'm going to play a little bit of audio of this. Uh, again, it is Mariah Carey. It is is Christmas music, uh, which sets a lot of people off. So if I'm, if I'm breaking whatever your um, you know protection is against Mariah Carey and Christmas uh, before Thanksgiving, I immediately apologize, although it's not the song you think it is. Here, let me play this. If it actually plays. That would be nice. Apparently, my computer doesn't want to play more I-Carry, which is sort of hilarious to me. Let me try to refresh this one more time. Will Stevenson, this is great. That sounds like a sign.
3: (laughs) Oh, there it
0: look i think this is adorable 12 year old kid singing with mariah carey uh, has a pretty decent voice i don't know why maybe it's because betty is making me watch so much of the voice i've seen so much of the voice i'm sorry to hear that it's fine it's not that bad it's not the singers are really good this you get year vertigo from the chair spinning no uh they're, they're done with the spinning now, now oh, it's are all, they? yeah it's like oh. knockouts and stuff and they're gonna do a spin that they haven't done ever in all the seasons of the voice the golden spin <laughs> I don't know i don't know i did love the way that they over over blew that last week i think that's tonight that we get to see what we can Ooh, all I'll, uh set you know. my
1: vcr yeah.
0: they've never changed this rule before until today uh, but anyway <laughs> uh no I, I think that it's interesting that this is viral and it's jesus born on this day not you know the other mariah carey christmas song because a 12 year old can sing you know, and that's it's gotta be nice.
1: Don't you think? don't you think though that if uh, you're Mariah Carey's kid that there is no way in heck you're getting away from not singing I mean, you know Well you, you I mean, aren't you obligated under under Mariah Carey's house rules if you're a child of Mariah Carey's on- to sing the, or
0: else? The only thing I'll say in response to that is Michael Jordan's kids both play basketball his sons. Yeah, and see? Uh, neither one of them made it to the NBA. Yeah. Well just having know, the genes sometimes isn't enough. Nothing's perfect. No, it's not. If I were them I would have skipped basketball when I realized I didn't have the talent to pop. Alright, quick break. A lot more. I would have gone to some other sport, man. They would have left me alone. Um, a lot but more. shark punching, Your number one, though. <laughs> oh, I'm, I would win that. I'd set a Guinness World Record for shark punches. <laughs> two birds, one stone. Me punching sharks in the nose. Them not attacking Pretty me. Pretty sure soon that record is one, isn't it? <laughs> I have no idea. I'll look it into it. It should be. It'd be nice if I only have to go to two to win that thing right? and not die. Uh, Alright, Will's got the news. AM, it's 1470, FM 100.3, but guess what? No radio, no problem. Tell you your smart speaker to play WMBD radio. You'll hear everything the radio has, including Will Stevenson live and local in the WMBD radio newsroom.
1: Craig, Peoria police are not saying if they have suspects two days after the city's 24th homicide, a homicide not confirmed until today. Police say a man was taken to the hospital by private car Saturday morning and died shortly thereafter. Officers believe a shooting had happened on McReynolds Court earlier in the morning. The homicide was one of six different gun-related incidents over the weekend and was the only one not to have an arrest attached to it at the moment. Israel reportedly can cons- Uh, considering a deal that would free multiple prisoners currently being held by Hamas.
0: Multiple reports indicating this potential deal could involve the release of 50 hostages, women and children, from Gaza in exchange for a four to five day pause in the fighting, and that would also allow potentially more aid to get into Gaza, which for the people who call Gaza home, they are in desperate need of things like clean water and food and fuel. Qatar's prime minister recently said only minor challenges remain for an agreement, but as As of now, there is no deal just yet, and that is only further angering the families of the more than 200 hostages that were kidnapped back on October 7.
1: Fox's Jeff Paul in southern Israel, the Palestinian health ministry, reporting more than 12,000 Palestinians have been killed in Gaza. And a story this half hour, a small executive shakeup at electric vehicle maker Rivian. Chief executive officer RJ Scaringe is directly overseeing all product development as the electric vehicle maker works to ramp up its production. That's according to a regulatory filing. At the same time, chief product development officer Nick Kalasian would move to the role of Executive Vice President of Vehicle Engineering and Propulsion. The company's product reporting structure will include software, autonomy, design, vehicle, electrical, propulsion, and programs categories. Earlier this month, Rivian with the plant and Normal raised its annual production forecast, banking on sustained demand for its trucks and SUVs a departure from its rivals that are reeling from the double whammy of high inflation. WMBD News is brought to you by Oberlander Electric. For all your 24-7, 365 electrical needs, including solar power and generators, call or go to OberlanderElectric.com, a trusted name in Central and any Uftring Auto Group dealer.
0: 1470, 100.3, WMBD, It's Craig Collins Show. My wife Betty is in studio uh, to talk about my snoring again if she wants, among other stuff. How are you doing, Betty?
4: Good, Craig. Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) Welcome. You can always be on this show. You actually walked in and you're like, do you want me today? And I was like, yeah, you can be on if you want to be on. Yes. You're always invited. Thank you. Okay. Um, So one of the stories I already did earlier in the show, but I wanted to bring up with you, is that people would give up a bunch of stuff to have a really good night's sleep. Uh, They'd give up the internet. They'd give up their telephone. They'd give up all kinds of stuff. Uh, We have been talking about just the last few weeks, it seems, or maybe just like this, this fall season, I've been keeping you up a lot at night by snoring too much. I got the Breathe Right strips. That didn't work last night. I'm going to go get whatever else I need to get. <laughs> uh, but you went down to the snore room. You didn't even wake me up last night, you no,
4: said. No, uh, I didn't want it to because so, you, yeah, you were, like, profoundly sleeping. Was I,
0: was I deep in sleep? Yes, okay. yes, Uh But what would you give up to have a good night's sleep? Pretty much all that stuff?
4: Well, I try to stop using my phone less at night. Mm-hmm. I kind of like use it for, I don't know, like... 10 minutes before bed, and then I put it away.
0: And you'd be good if somebody else did that, too? If somebody else put the phone away sooner, too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but
4: <laughs> your excuse is like you have to look for stories and... why, well, yeah. Uh, and mm. be informed mm. and all that stuff. So I cannot... Be upset, I guess. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think, like, the blue light on your eyes when you try to fall asleep is not a good idea. No, it's not. You're the right. The surgeon There's... doctors say that. Studies and, uh, say that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you're
0: right. You're totally right. All right. So you would give up a bunch of stuff. Uh, by the way, to get a good night's sleep then, yeah. or, or you'd give up the husband or no?
4: <laughs> no. Okay,
0: okay, good. You wouldn't give up no, the husband. Okay, No. Good. You're just going to make me sleep in the snore room again. <laughs> no. We're going to get the thing. I'm going to get the whole machine. People are texting me already saying like, let Betty sleep, Greg. <laughs> uh, another thing out there I saw, this is interesting. It's mostly in New York, apparently, mm-hmm. but maybe it's going to wind up other places. A lot of people are forgoing the turkey this year for Thanksgiving. It's too expensive. People don't want to make it. Yeah. Instead, they're having lasagna. Fancy lasagna, pasta. Yes. Does that sound pretty good to you?
4: Yeah, I- Okay. I love lasagna. I don't know how to make it, though. I used to make it like prepared package, mm-hmm. like frozen meal, mm-hmm. kind of. But I don't know how to make it from scratch. You want to try to make scratch. it from
0: scratch, you and I together? Sure, yeah. All right. Yeah. It's going to go bad. (laughs) It's going to go real bad. I know it is. But we can try it. We We can can do that together. Yeah. Yeah. We're probably not going to be having a traditional Thanksgiving. we got stuff going on uh, over the holiday. Mm -hmm. So we probably won't be having the bird or or any of that stuff with anybody. Uh, Although this does kind of lean into another thing that's out there. Uh, They say that solo vacations are better than going and hanging out with family. Uh, at least more americans think that i know you don't you would absolutely prefer to be with your family in mexico whenever you could be there right
4: yeah i even tried to look for tickets but they are all, all <laughs> over the moon the prices are yes. ridiculous yes. i i forgot that uh, during the holidays the prices of every like ticket in uh, train ticket or yep. like a plane ticket everything is pretty expensive. crazy yeah, yeah. well yeah. cuz
0: it's warm there and it's cold here, so a lot of us want to go Probably, there Probably, anyway. yes. Yeah, that's why. Yes. But we'll, we'll go sometime soon. We'll be in Mexico. But you would never want to take a solo vacation if you could take a family vacation, right?
4: No, I would take my mom. My mom. Even I'm though right, she can't get mom. on the plane. <laughs> yes.
0: you got to take her on a car. Uh,
4: we, yes, we had to
0: drive. Yeah, yeah. we got to drive. All right, that's fine. So yes to lasagna, a no to single vacation. And then one other one I thought was interesting uh, that I was just going to ask you. Um, people read books at least a lot of americans still read books 57% of americans do and the amount of books you read each year uh, fluctuates um, but a lot of people say it's at least 6 you love to read i think you read way more than six books a year right
4: uh let's say less i would really? love to read more because i mean i love to read and i'm i'm getting like uh better to read uh English. English,
0: yeah, you've been reading a lot of books in English.
4: Yeah, so I think like my vocabulary has been increasing quite a bit because mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but no, I mean, I, I would love to have the time to read. I know that we always have excuses and it's easier to to read on the phone, like uh, yes. articles or like well, see, okay. a slight TikTok stories, you know. That's always than my, my argument
0: when people say like people don't read books anymore. I read a bunch of stuff. I just read it all on my phone. Uh, yeah. I read stories yeah. and things constantly. I'm not just watching videos. Even
4: books on yeah. your phone. You can mm-hmm. literally like uh, yes. have like the Kindle application mm. in your phone and you read the... the I think the... you
0: read more than six a year by the way i think you're wrong saying it's less well it depends you're the always book, reading though. something
4: yeah <laughs> well yeah they could be like a super thick like uh mm-hmm. books and they're gonna they, they could be like pretty easy books to read like i can read them like in two months you know yeah those don't it even depends. count so for you yes, those, those, it's not even you didn't even me. read a book see that's <laughs>
0: yeah. part of the problem okay all right well 61 percent of people said that they should read more uh, and 80 percent of people say that sometimes they uh, avoid reading a specific book because they don't like the outward appearance of it, or just how how big it looks. Uh, a lot of people don't like to read long books. They get scared. Books. yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, you do too. Yes, okay. yes, that's all true. Right. All right, um, before we get you out of here, before we let you go, I want to give enough time for it, Spanish Word of the Day. Uh, you teach all of Central Illinois Spanish one word at a time. I try to repeat whatever word you say, and then we find out what the definition is. And a month from now, at the end of December, we're testing everybody. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you should. Uh, what is the word of the day today? A uh, Lluvia. Yuvia.
4: Yes, Yuvia.
0: Okay, I don't know what that means.
4: You uh, probably don't remember, but I'm pretty sure you, if you try. Is it like to, a
0: grape or something?
4: No, Yuvia.
0: Okay, I thought it was pretty close. Sounds
4: like uva, Yeah, Yuvia. What is
0: the word for grape? Give me that real quick. Uva. Okay, see, it's close. Uva and Yuvia. Yuvia. Okay, I feel like this is saying something dirty. I don't know what this is. <laughs> I can't. Know. What, what is it? It's rain. Rain. Yes. Oh, because it was starting to rain today. It
4: started to rain, and uh, you. Uh, Whoever uh, is outside driving, just try to be careful, because I was looking at the screens on the news. I see a couple of accidents, and... Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, it's raining, you know, you yeah. just got to be careful. All the truck drivers and... Uh, I want to
0: warn people about something else, too. Yes. Betty is on the 12th floor of the Civic Center Plaza, where I work, and you have a window that faces a, a street, and you look down every once in a while, like yes, Batman yes. looking down on the you know city. <laughs> yes. I'm up, sir. Yes. If I'm- you drive badly, Betty's going to notice. <laughs> Yeah, She's going to start outing you by your car making model. No, I'm yeah. kidding. You're probably no. not going to do that. But no. I, I see you every once in a while when I go to visit you back there, like staring out the window for a second. Yeah, and then you point I have at like,
4: a, like a eagle eyes. Like, yes. I was looking at like these, um, uh, nativity. Nativity yeah. this nativity across the the street and you told me like, where are you looking at? But it was like, there is an activity set up already in the between yeah. the twin towers and you couldn't find it. No? no,
0: I felt like it was one of those moments where you're talking to Superman because like <laughs> yeah, when I finally yes. did see where you were pointing it was inside the building in the window uh, across the street from us and kind yeah. of you know over to the side yeah. and so i'm like wow you're just staring at the nativity and 50 i don't seconds. have you,
4: my so though no, it's I know. just my eyes i know you're trying to focus but you and, know my eyes know. are
0: terrible <laughs> you always call me topo right <laughs> yeah topo Gijo. yes what does that mean
4: it's like a. it's a cartoon Yes, a cartoon who uses glasses of like a ground
0: of like a gopher or groundhog or something yeah that has giant glasses yes and you laugh at me every morning when i wake <laughs> up topo my topo well, it's
4: cause, like the cartoon uh, every time that the the, the little guy lose his glasses he was like like blind like <laughs> and I, it's not like i don't want i i mean it would probably sound like i'm making fun of you but no, it's, it's just fine. like
0: you think it's cute it's cute you think it's, it's, it's cute like, how it's little body. i can see
4: yes okay let's say it, let's right. say it that way. topo
0: zijo is a mouse it looks yeah. like. Okay. I th- I've always thought of him as a gopher, but I just Googled it and it looks no, like a
4: mouse. You I think it is a All right.
0: Uh, by the way, one blasters. person just texted in Was there a burrito Jesus in the nativity that you yeah. saw? <laughs> yes.
4: Okay. Yes. Probably. Yeah. Actually, that's a very good point. There are like a lot of nativities that the, the Jesus look like a burrito, and there are <laughs> others like the Jesus, he's just like a, like a very he's happy without blanket. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have
0: any blanket. Um, if you don't know what we're referencing, uh, Betty says any baby that gets swaddled wrapped in a blanket kind of looks like a burrito baby, <laughs> yes. including even baby Jesus. And that
4: nativity, all the uh, Lady Marie and Joseph, all, all of them, they are wearing like white clothes, mm-hmm. so it was pretty easy for me to see the nativity, the whole thing, because yeah. it's pretty bright.
0: Yeah, because that's a color that's and easy to identify. it was identify. actually
4: like a taco, yeah. because the, the, <laughs> the burrito is kind of like beige, white, you yes, know what yeah. I mean?
0: that made it harder for me to see it. It was all, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, very light colored. So funny. Alright, well thank you, Betty, as always. Great job. You're welcome, Craig. Uh The Spanish word of the day, one more time. Yuvia. Lluvia. Lluvia which means juvia. rain
4: yeah okay. a lot of juvia outside right now there is i think
0: yeah be safe yeah I'll drive home so are you going to the gym today uh no no
4: so much i thought to we were gonna
0: home. do i thought we were gonna do the gym together
4: oh yes uh well no the yeah. one around
0: here you know the different I, one. I, I, I'm gonna, one i'm gonna safe. lift <laughs> yes okay sure, i don't like okay. that you laugh at me at that <laughs> sure <laughs> quick break a lot more that hurt at the end there 1470 100 like simply safe 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, toys that spy on your kids are dangerous. That's what a watchdog organization is warning. I think this is interesting, and it, it doesn't matter how old your kid is. There's all kinds of like toys and smart things that are supposed to be fun and educational, uh, but also allow parents to have some oversight into what their kids are up to, what they're doing, or, or even in some senses, just straight up watch them. Uh, The biggest reason that these things are an increased threat, according to this uh, watchdog organization, is because of how easily some of them are hacked. A lot of – I think this is true for anything that's made for kids – is it's usually not quite as uh, sophisticated or advanced as something that would be intended to be made for not kids. You know what I mean? So even in the world of technology and smart things, they feel like they can probably cut corners somewhere in just how much security or the prevention of, say, hacking and whatnot – Uh, those things have in them. Uh, So they're encouraging you, uh, these groups, to be very careful this holiday season if you're going to buy smart toys or anything else, stuff with Wi-Fi, Bluetooth connectivity uh, that you intend to give to kids uh, because, and that's sort of a horrific aspect of it too to me or just like a creepy aspect is that hackers would want to hack this stuff. Um, And I remember there was a video that went viral, might have been like a year or two ago of uh, a little kid in like a nursery and then a guy like talking over the the monitor that should not have been talking over the monitor that hacked that somehow somewhere and how creepy that was and like why they'd want to do. It. And I think the the guy was uh, like saying uh, stuff like the kids should like jump out of the, I don't know. I don't remember all of it. I don't even want to talk about all of it. Uh, but definitely if you're someone who has smart technology in the home, uh, be extra careful with your kids. Uh, that feels like that's also really true in the world of just like a cell phone. Uh, sometimes I'm amazed at how young some kids are given like their own version of technology. I'm not judging you. I guess as a parent, uh, do whatever you want to do. Uh, trust your kids, however you want to trust them. But when you when you actually give them a phone or something, uh, they to me should be more than old enough for there to be very little trouble uh, they can get in on said phone uh, accidentally. Uh, they can obviously get in trouble on purpose if they're older, uh, but some things that happen or seem to happen as security issues uh, happen partly because the, the age of the kid is they're not even thinking about uh, whatever it is. That they, I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's the end of the rant on that. I just thought it was an interesting thing that's getting put out there as sort of a, a PSA uh, this holiday season. Uh, you might not know who this is. I know a lot of younger people know who this is. Uh, The real name, by the way, even the young people might not know that. Uh, Jimmy Donaldson, or AKA Mr. Beast, uh, is somebody who I guess recently, I don't even know what he did. I didn't want to look up what he did. I don't care what he did because he's a social media influencer guy, he's got millions of followers. I guess he did something that should have got him canceled. At least that's what they're saying. And so instead of um, getting canceled, or again, whatever it is that is that happens, he decided to bury himself alive for seven days. Uh, He gave himself enough like food and water and things to survive it. But he actually did this. And he just got out of his burial, or whatever you want to call it, uh, recently. Uh, And I wonder if this is true. I'm very skeptical that there weren't some other things going on here. But even like the New York Post has an article about how he wept after he got out of uh, Seven Days of Solitude because he said it was mental agony, and of course it was mental agony. I don't know if the intention, though, of it and the reason I wanted to bring this up at all was to demonstrate, you know, the ridiculousness of say cancel culture uh, by like doing something that was that unique. Like you were, but it was it was definitely begging for attention at the same time too. However difficult the challenge was. Uh, There's no reason to do this to yourself. There's no reason you'd want to pull this stunt off. 57 million people viewed it. Uh, Again, he said it was terrible. I didn't need him to try it to tell me that it'd be terrible. That sounds horrible. And I don't know. Uh, But you tell me what you think of that if you want to text in 309-340-4464 is the phone number. 309-340-4464. A guy who was supposed to be canceled by people for something and again i don't even want to know what the scandal was because i don't really care i decided to go ahead and actually bury himself alive for seven days to to, i think mock the whole idea and i i definitely think cancel culture is stupid Uh, that's a thing that i think is dumb Uh, i do however think that if i don't like you or something you do and i personally choose to stop spending money on you that's also okay and if there's some people who have done uniquely bad things, I don't need to go on the Internet and tell everybody else that does or doesn't want to buy their stuff to not do it. I can just decide myself that I don't want to throw money in that direction. Uh, so I think that there's there's nuance to how it can be okay or can be bad. All right. Now, the top five at five is coming up in just a bit. Uh, those are the five biggest news stories of the day, according to me. I put them in order. Uh, we try to have people help out with that. I got a really interesting uh, message, though, from someone on Facebook. Uh, I think I can call it like a meme, an image that was also a really disturbing joke made about one of the characters I use uh, in the top five at five. So I'm going to skip that character for today because that person is I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not trying to sound as, as uh, millennial as I do. They didn't really scar me, but they kind of scarred me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but again, I am going to skip it because that, that was a, is a dirty joke. Um, I might have laughed. I might not have laughed. I don't want to tell you that part, uh, but I definitely didn't need that uh, in my life. And uh, thanks to the listener who sent it. So we're going to have David Letterman uh, help us out instead. Uh, No one sent me anything uncomfortable uh, involving him. Uh, That's coming up in just a bit. Uh, And as I said, those are the top five biggest stories of the day in reverse order, uh, according to just me, right at 5 o'clock. Sometimes I totally change a bunch of the topics uh, during this break. Most of the time I keep them, uh, but sometimes I'm like, yeah, no, this doesn't feel important anymore. This feels way better. So that's part of the reason why that that order seems to be so jumbled around. All right, uh, that's coming up in a bit. Uh, one last thing you should know, uh, the Bears play here. Oh, man, that was a brutal, brutal loss, uh, comeback win uh, against the Bears this past weekend. But they they play here. Uh, they're playing on a Monday night. Uh, the 27th, um, some might complain about Bears football on a Monday. I know a lot of people, though, will watch. because It's actually like my Yankees. Um, they weren't going to make the playoffs, and I still watch the whole season. Because if you're a real fan, you watch and you listen and you, you pay attention all year long. And then you hope for better next year. Uh, but they play the Vikings on the 27th. 7.15 is the uh, game time. 5 o'clock is the pregame show. That's on 1470 and 100.3 WMBD. And then also the Bradley Braves. Uh, they are playing, um, tonight, I believe. Uh, is that, is tonight, there's a game tonight? Yeah, thank you, Will. Because this, uh, piece of paper that doesn't have that game. Uh, this has a different game that, um, happens later on this year. But who are they playing tonight? Uh,
1: Hang on. I'll get you the answer I put to this. you on it. It's, I put you on the um, thing. It's in the SoCal Challenge in California. Oh, I the know best. it's. Uh, My favorite. Tulane. 9.05 pre-game yep, tonight. 9.30, 930 tip off. They play the Tulane Green Waves. There's a nasty rumor that, uh, depending on how the tournament goes, the game could be even later tomorrow night in the tournament. How dare that nasty
0: rumor! I know. <laughs> okay. Stay up and listen to that, though. It's going to be good. Uh, Bradley is 3 0 so far, so they're playing well. Uh, yeah. Will's got the news. AM, it's 1470. FM, 100.3 all over the internet, WMBDRadio.com and the W. In the business. 1470 100.3 WMBD It's the Craig Collins Show. If you listen you know what's about to happen. We do it every single day at this time.
1: It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on The Craig Collins Show.
0: That's right. The five biggest topics of the day. According to me, we put them in order because I was told specifically that that is better. And it's a struggle for me. Uh, It probably actually is better. I I don't disagree with the people that told me that. But it's just, again, kind of hard. We usually have someone help us out with this as far as at least a countdown goes. If not more than that. We're going to go with uh, David Letterman today and get us started if you don't mind. Saying.
1: Number five.
0: Thank you very much, sir. Uh, it was actually hard to pick uh, number five on this list, which I think I say a lot. But I'm going to go easy. I'm going to go easy road because uh, it feels like it's it's something you're actually going to care about uh, that's in the news. Uh, but there will be rain, snow, severe storms could disrupt a lot of Thanksgiving travel uh, throughout a lot of parts of Uh, The northern half of our country, uh, even a lot of the uh, Midwest. So uh, wintry weather, all kinds of things uh, predicted and going to be happening over the next few days. Uh, There's going to be a big cool down, as you just heard from Will, uh, after tomorrow. Uh, What I find fun about this, and I've just started to say this about these sort of stories is I could, if I wanted to, to do the opposite of what they do whenever things are unseasonably warm, is try to rant and rave about how uh, obviously global warming doesn't exist at all and no one should think it's real uh, simply because we have bad weather uh, sometimes. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to uh, add either side to that. I just think it's funny. I don't know why I think it's funny. I do think there's some reality to global warming. I'll go ahead and say that. I also don't think the government's going to be able to help us do anything to fix any of whatever the problem is. So I think it's a real bad idea to give them money. I'm just uh, doing all the things I always do when I talk about this topic. Uh, But truthfully, I I want to uh, start to freak out more every time I see shockingly cold weather when it's not supposed to be happening. Uh, because, you know, it's the opposite of what they do all the time in so many places in media. All right, that was number five on my list, uh, as begrudgingly as I put it there. Let's do this. Number four. Number four, uh, because, again, if I really want to make the joke I was making a second ago, it should have been number one. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Number four to me uh, is only in this spot because I do think that there's a lot more to come here. Uh, The Voting Rights Act may actually wind up being changed based on some more recent decisions being made In the courts. Uh, Right now it has not reached the level of Supreme Court, although it it probably will. But some federal appeals courts, excuse me, today issued a significant ruling on who can and who can't sue uh, based on the Voting Rights Act. You might think that this is something that's, you know, just stupid or or silly uh, or something that doesn't matter as much as it does or even something that's kind of far left uh, because there are a lot of Democrats and, and certain minority organizations reacting, saying unfair, how unfair this is. But essentially what the um the federal courts are saying is that private individuals and advocacy groups cannot sue over any sort of alleged discrimination that would occur uh, within uh, voting and actually specifically based on race uh, language uh minority group members uh, et cetera uh, things that might protect them. but what I really think is interesting about this happening now is the likelihood that say somehow some way. Maybe a lot more private citizens would have taken up a grievance against the voting process in 2024 based on who wins. It might not be specific to race, color or other things, though it might not be protected. It might be thrown out. But I do think it's interesting uh, if right now the government is essentially trying to remove Uh, what has been a a longstanding right of private citizens to bring about cases where they think that there was something unfair happening within our voting system. I just find that interesting. And uh, the Supreme Court will eventually rule. I'm sure, depending on what way they rule, how they rule, uh, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that there will be a whole bunch of reactions to it. Uh, And honestly, it does also seem interesting to me if only, um, you know, some things are allowed to be complained about as far as our uh, voting system goes and other things, not so much. Because uh, there's a lot of people that would complain about a very different things right now if given the opportunity to do so. All right, that's number four on my list. Uh, that's where I'll leave that one. Let's do this. Uh, number three. Number three on this list. Again, uh, difficult for me to pick exactly where I wanted stuff to go. Uh, but I guess uh, for number three, I'm going to decide, and I, I this is going to be too high for some people, but I don't care. I put it here. I love baseball. I shouldn't love baseball. I'm told all the time. Uh, by our midday show, Mark Lee Van Campen Robbins, that baseball hates me. Some listeners even usually text me when I talk about baseball to let me. I, I still stand with this abusive relationship, and they don't care about me. MLB baseball uh, doesn't hate me, but uh, isn't exactly trying to retain me as a fan. Uh, so that, that's where I am on that. They've just sort of assumed I'm going to stay no matter what. That's my it doesn't matter. But anyway, uh, today, an announcement was made. Uh, Rob Manfred, the um, uh, commissioner of baseball, said that the Atlanta Braves, Atlanta, they're actually going to get a, an all star game. Uh, not the one they canceled in 2021, of course, but a new one in 2025, even though nothing has changed as far as voting rights or voting laws there. Apparently MLB is just not gonna care anymore about the thing they so um very much seem to care about a few years ago. Uh, sort of hilarious for a couple reasons to me, but here's the announcement first.
2: I'm pleased to announce that the Executive Council has approved the Atlanta Braves as the host of the 2025 All-Star Game and the surrounding events. I've said it before, um we wanted to bring an All-Star Game back to Atlanta. Uh, I made decision in 2021 to move the event and i understand believe me that people <laughs> had then and uh-huh. probably still have probably now. different views yep. as to the merits of that decision
0: yeah there might be people that still complain that say how dare they uh, go ahead and bring that uh, all-star game back to atlanta i will say one thing and this is something that amuses me quite a lot Uh, There was a historic turnout in Georgia in the midterm elections after we were told by a lot of Democrats that it was Jim Crow 2.0 and that they were censoring voters, all that stuff. Historic turnout is what occurred. So the data seemed to back the people that said, hey, you know, this isn't the thing that Democrats are selling us it being. And sadly, that's not in the announcement there. Uh, He doesn't go ahead and defend uh, by saying that we got it wrong. He doesn't apologize. He doesn't do any of that stuff. Uh, Instead, all Manfred does, and I do think this is interesting, is says we're going to go ahead and do the all-star game uh, on the future, in the future date, and that's how we're going to handle it. And everybody else, please just leave us alone if you're still upset. All right, that's number three.
1: Number two. Number
0: two on this list. Uh, I decided to go with the Trump thing here at number two. Um, and if you don't know what the Trump thing is, uh, there's an appeals court today that was hearing arguments from Trump's lawyers and from the federal government on the election fraud case as to what can and can't be included in a gag order. And I, I've continued to put trump plus gag order in the top part of my top five at five and i'm sure people would tell me it's because of what they think i i feel about uh, the former president and it's not uh, the reason i put it here so often is because this is this is uncharted territory for us in our country to allow for the speech of a person as significantly likely to be a a candidate for president he's already you know um Almost unbeatable, I think truly unbeatable actually, within the the Republican primaries to to be censored at all, and you might think that 's extreme, you might think that 's black and white if you 're someone that wants Trump to go away, which is I think the only people who are so strongly adamant that this makes sense because it just simply doesn 't The most basic way to think about it is that someone who 's running for the role of president uh, with success with the backing of one of our primary political parties uh democrats or republicans they should be the most likely to receive all the protections of the first amendment of freedom of speech of anyone in our country Granted, we all should i shouldn't say it that way because no one's speech should be censored but if there were one individual that you'd think like that we purposefully wouldn't go after because of how bad it looks how um you know different from the rights and values that our country is supposed to have it looks as this stuff does it's it's censoring someone who's in the role of running and successfully so again for president of the United States so um, they might restrict if not totally get away do away with these gag orders in this federal case the judges seemed with their questioning uh, to indicate a likelihood of at least narrowing in scope any sort of gag order on the uh, former president and, as I said, leading candidate on, uh, on the Republican side of the aisle. Uh, but we'll see. But it feels very important, and I feel like I've got to keep talking about uh, gag orders in Trump. Again, not because I want to uh, overwhelmingly land on any one side of the aisle on this one issue uh, with you. I don't really care uh, what side of the aisle you put me on on any issue. Uh, but the truth is that I'd, I'd feel the same way if it was a Democrat and the uh, judicial system was censoring their speech because if if we're gonna go that road, uh, we probably should go real hard that way. And I never want to see a country uh, that has that many restrictions on what people can say, especially people uh, trying to run this whole thing with a lot of support too. All right, last one.
3: Number one.
0: Thank you for the drum roll. Number one is a uniquely, um, somewhat sad but uh, interesting story, and in how people will will use it as a catalyst to talk about other stuff. Uh, Premature babies in Gaza were evacuated to Egypt as uh, Israeli tanks started to encircle a second hospital uh, in Gaza. Uh, This is because the um, Israeli intelligence slash military believes uh, that these hospitals are being used as long has been the case uh, by the terrorist group Hamas uh, to protect themselves, to, you know, hide ammunition, all kinds of things, strategic military um, um, buildings in gaza are almost always heavily civilian populated uh, because of how hamas in general uh, again tries to fight and defend itself against any sort of conflict from israel or anyone else and so the big story here is premature babies moved uh, because israel warned the hospital that's why that happened Uh, and i think the way that a lot of people will discuss this is to say how horrific this uh, humanitarian uh, issue has become uh, if you're having uh, babies moved around, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and again, and however, you know, I don't know if it's risky to even have this position or not. I hope it's not. Um, I'm very glad all the babies are okay, 28 of them. I'm very glad they got moved to a hospital that's outside of the conflict. I'm glad about all that stuff. At the same token, when an enemy, and in this case, a terrorist organization like Hamas, chooses to force, and that's how I'm going to articulate it, force Israel to engage in some version of conflict uh, within, um, you know, uh, civilian place after civilian place. And even as uniquely um, heartstring pulling as hospitals are, it is the fault of Hamas for not giving a, a I want to say a bad word, but I can't uh, a, a even modicum of, of you know, uh, compassion uh, not caring at all for the people that they are actually supposed to be in charge of. They are the governing body. Uh, in the Gaza Strip, so uh, the group of people that should care even just a little bit about the safety of um, innocent women, children, people in Palestine is the people that they voted to be in charge, and they have adamantly said multiple times in several interviews they don't care at all, uh, that they consider NATO or someone else as the people that are supposed to be protecting uh, anyone, any of the refugees that live in the Gaza Strip, and they intentionally put them in harm's way and then call them martyrs. And this is all in a attempt to prevent Israel from fighting them, Uh, essentially the cowardly of all cowardly ways to to engage in conflict in the first place, uh, to make it as difficult as possible. And Israel is not standing down, even though they're being told to, I guess, by uh, people who are radically um, protesting this. That is genuinely, I think, uh, 100 percent true uh, what is going on and why it's such a, a shame uh, that's being talked about in different ways by a lot of people who I think absolutely don't understand it. Um, I don't want to see fights happen at hospitals. I understand why, sadly, uh, this is Israel's um, uh, next move because of what they believe to be inside uh, that hospital. All right, quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3. Don't wait.com. 1470 1470, uh, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, you might like Alex Jones. You might not like Alex Jones. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a fan uh, of Alex Jones specifically. I think that is a little bit uh, too hot for my take on a lot of things. Uh, but apparently he's got a new game out there. And one of my listeners really, really wanted me to play the trailer uh, to the new Alex Jones video game, uh, which there's, there's comedy here, even if it's not as intentional as it would be. And I'm sure the guys... Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins uh, are thrilled about this because they love some of that uh, classic Alex Jones crazy audio. But here we go. Uh, why is it not? Oh, there we go. And now the ultimate retro... Oh, no, you can't. I can't start it there. you got to get the whole thing. First came Pac-Man, Donkey Kong,
1: and Super Mario Brothers. And now the ultimate retro nostalgia throwback game. <laughs> I present to the world... Alex Jones' New World Order Wars. What? They're turning the friggin' drugs
0: game. Okay, that's not... I'm good. I'm, <laughs> I already get on that. There's a bunch of, apparently, Alex Jones, like, uh, clips in there and things. Uh, look, I'll, I'll say it this way. To anyone who thinks that I'm weak right now, anyone that thinks I'm, I'm whatever you think I am for not liking Alex Jones, um, the thing that made me the most upset about Alex Jones is when he had to go into court and say to parents faces that he was sorry he admitted to it that he was wrong anyone that still thinks it's a conspiracy theory for believing that a school shooting didn't happen and that everyone was actors it's the whole thing that caused the lawsuit that cost him all the money and I, I encourage anyone that thinks that what alex jones said initially was still true that there were actors that that people you know didn't actually die to watch what alex jones said in court when he was faced with the uh, parents of the individuals who lost their kids I'm sorry, man. Uh, and you know what? I'll say it actually this way, because this was a serious take on what could just be a silly thing out there uh, for any conspiracy theorist out there, anybody that believes uh, that this is not on the up and up or that's not on the up and up. I don't blame you. I, I don't think that it it doesn't make sense to question a majority of the things that the government or anyone else tells us and also believe that it's possible that this could happen or that could happen or whatever it is. But when you take it to an extreme because you refuse to believe anything is true Uh, You often get yourself in places that Alex Jones got himself in where he uh, maybe believed it, maybe didn't, but said uh, many, many times that a a school shooting didn't happen when in fact it did. And that's what uh, was the downfall for his whole company or for him. And even wept in court about the amount of money uh, that he was losing and how he would essentially be bankrupt the rest of his life uh, because he got something wrong uh, because he just refused to accept that the alternative was possible. And then, for that reason, no fan of Alex Jones whatsoever. Quick break, a lot more. AM, it's 1470, FM, 100.3, all over the internet, WMBDradio.com and the WMBD Radio app. But hey, if you don't have the radio, no big deal. I just put the WMBD um, app on your smartphone, click play. You hear everything the radio hears, including Will Stevenson live and local in the WMBD radio newsroom.
1: Craig, Peoria police are not saying if they have suspects two days after the city's 24th homicide, a homicide not confirmed until today. Peoria County Coroner Jamie Harwood says an autopsy on 40-year-old Torlando Smith indicates death due to multiple gunshot wounds. Police say Smith was taken to the hospital by a private car Saturday morning and died about 15 minutes after arriving. Officers believe a shooting had happened on McReynolds Court earlier in the morning. The homicide was one of six different gun-related incidents over the weekend and was the only one not to have an arrest attached to it at the moment. Speaking of one of those six incidents, a Peoria man is jailed but on not nearly as many charges as he was arrested on after allegedly waving a gun in public then getting into a scuffle with a police officer. Records indicate despite the multiple charges 52-year-old Billy Moore was arrested on, prosecutors have only filed a charge of possession of a weapon by a felon. Moore was allegedly seen showing off a gun in a Southwestern Avenue parking lot last night, but when an officer tried to search him, Moore allegedly started resisting, causing an officer to have minor injuries. Moore remains held in jail. Israeli forces continuing to wage war with Hamas forces inside Gaza as fighting in the region continues to intensify. Israeli Defense Force spokesperson Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricus telling Fox's Your World with Neil Cavuto, they plan to continue to put pressure on Hamas's forces, but will still allow for temporary humanitarian pauses to the fighting. It is within our values to have civilians out of the battlefield so that in the future, in the next days or so, we can continue to fight and to use more kinetics and more force because we will be confident that the area is free of civilians, About 1,200 people have been killed in Israel during the conflict and more than 240 have been taken hostage. WMBD News is brought to you by Presley's Outdoors. Don't hunt for Black Friday deals. You'll find them at Presley's Outdoors.
0: 25% off Sitka and Drake, gun rebates and more. Black Friday. That's not necessarily true. However, I'm fairly certain uh, that the way in which this is delivered is trying to pull on the heartstrings as bad as um, anybody can uh, in a way in which actually doesn't make any sense to any of us. Uh, but he, she was asked about the um, $105 billion national security package that the Biden administration has requested from uh, the House, uh, from the Senate, uh, the House unlikely to give them the money they're asking for the way they're asking for it. A quick breakdown. 105 billion, 61.4 billion of those dollars would go to Ukraine. Only 14.3 billion would go to Israel. 10 billion would go to humanitarian assistance, uh, which is a little bit nondescript and could actually continue to go to Ukraine. So some of that 10 billion can still be allocated that way. 7.4 billion for Taiwan, 13.6 billion to address security at the US-Mexican border. So uh, very, very little of the hundred and something billion actually goes to our country. And even so, the solutions that they'd be funding are not the solutions people have long been calling for at our border. But here's the way that Yellen tried to sell it on CNBC when asked if she if she think, excuse me, it would actually wind up passing.
1: Well. Um, It's a
3: critical priority for the president and critical to the national
4: security of our country. Um, I can't prognosticate about the timetable on this. Um, I'm pleased that Congress has passed legislation to keep the government open and running, but it really is essential that uh, this aid be provided both to Israel and to Ukraine. We can't allow uh, Ukraine to um lose a battle uh on the home front because it lacks enough
0: money to keep uh school teachers in the classroom and what <laughs> sorry what did she say what what was that at the end there that we have to make sure that they don't lose a fight in the battlefield by fully supporting every aspect of uh ukraine's uh essential you know um um I don't know, uh, just every service imaginable. There, There was that report 60 Minutes did a while ago. I think it was actually in Australia, not even in the United States. Uh, about or at least that's where they first covered it i think it aired here uh but where they first discussed all the things the united states was providing money to ukraine for including money uh that was supposed to help people that weren't allowed to work certain you know government type jobs uh by essentially paying for their unemployment uh the the magnitude to which the united states is writing checks to ukraine without the uh understanding of where that money is actually going is insane And I know a lot of people would say the intention of it is to money launder. And it it feels at times like that has to be true, because why would you cut checks to a country that was tremendously corrupt? I'm not trying to be mean, and that's like something people get mad about now, before this conflict started with Russia, tremendously corrupt, tremendously unwilling to behave in a way that we in the United States think that countries should behave, even if we don't do it as much as we should. But it's it. this is full-on insanity. And then to say it where you got to keep the school teachers in class to keep the kids educated. The intention for anyone that agrees with this is to say that we essentially have unlimited funds to supply the entirety of a a society to some other country. And instead of uh, protecting our border or doing whatever it is else we should be doing here in the United States, we need to cut a sixty one point four billion dollar check to Ukraine, um, the latest of the checks to Ukraine, and then another ten billion dollars in humanitarian assistance that could actually be allocated to Ukraine. That's this is insanity, and it needs to be uh, talked about and addressed that way, uh, even if it seems like you're being mean to the kids, which is, I'm sure, what you'd say in response to me saying we shouldn't pay school teachers to keep classrooms open in Ukraine when we have other stuff. We need to figure out and, and deal with, and we have to point our money other areas, or at least stop spending so much money, so that everything isn't so ridiculously expensive for you and I. It's not even about supporting the military. It's it's um, thinking that it's okay now to say out loud. I can't believe she even said it out loud. The the totality of the things we want to write checks for: sixty one billion more for Ukraine, fourteen billion for Israel. You got to feel if you're Israel, like wait a minute, we're, we're allies. You guys have already sent um, hundreds of billions of dollars uh, places other than us, and now you're you're only going to send us 14 and send someone else 61. I don't want Russia to take Ukraine. That's the other thing people always yell when you say this stuff. I, I don't want that to happen. But there's got to be some version of spending that isn't this. All right, uh, let's take a uh, now. Let's not take a break. Let's do good story, bad story first. Then we'll take a break. Uh, first, there's good stories out there in the world, uh, not the thing I just said, but there's definitely stuff out there. Uh, two world records were set by teenagers. And they both made the rounds on social media. A 13-year-old girl in San Francisco did 38 magic tricks in three minutes while scuba diving. Apparently, that's a record. Very unique. I had no idea. And a 17-year-old girl in Colorado made nine half-court shots in a row during a lunch break at school, uh, which is, to me, a way cooler. I, both are cool. Maybe the magic tricks are really good. Uh, but a, a pretty cool record, pretty difficult to do, a nine half-court shots in a row. Uh, During a lunch break in school, Uh, congrats to both of them. I want to set a world record. I have zero and it makes me sad, Uh, but those are good stories out there, at least to me. And now uh, the bad story. I've seen this often in like uh, cartoons or all kinds of joke things. I don't think I've ever seen it as a story that was real. Uh, three men in St. Louis had to be rescued by the police last Thursday after accidentally locking themselves inside a jail cell in an abandoned jail that they had trespassed and broken into. So they did break the law. They are actually going to real jail. But the most amazing part is that they had to call 911 and say that they accidentally accidentally locked themselves up while committing a crime. That, it's amazing. The cops are still investigating the men who could be charged with additional charges, property damage, burglary. Uh, stealing all kinds of stuff Uh, it seems as though they were doing some uh, bad things inside this abandoned jail uh, before locking themselves into a jail cell i'm just so happy because again that's the kind of ridiculous it would never happen in real life joke you see on a cartoon show or something uh, where the bad guy accidentally locks himself up and this happened for real and it wasn't just one dude it was three So these three people form a brain trust that we don't see often in real society, and I love it so very much. Actually, this is a PSA. If you're going to commit a crime, it'd be nice. If after you do it, you lock yourself up and wait for the cops to arrive. That would be a nice service to do for our community, make things easier on the cops. They can swing by Starbucks on the way over to get you out of the one jail cell and put you in a different one. Quick break, a lot more,
2: 1470, point. 100.3
0: 100.3 WNBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I like yelling at 1470. Um, we have good story, bad story coming up in just a second, but I teased something and they never paid it off. I want to play something that Janet Yellen said uh, in an interview. I think this was on uh, CNBC uh, that I uh, can't get over. And it, it might sound like I'm being a jerk, like I'm being uh, heartless, like I don't care about the kids. Uh, Join NN.com. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Bunch of stuff, as I always say, to talk about. Uh, Real quick, the VFW in Peoria Heights is one of my favorite places to go in town. I've told you that before. It's true. I just saw people there the other day that were like, hey, it's our first time. We heard you mention it on the show. And it's cool that I get to bump into people because Betty and I really do go there uh, a lot ourselves. Uh, 1505 East Lake Avenue is the address in Pure 1505 East Lake. It's a VFW, but it's open to the public. You don't have to have served to go there. So you can just go Uh, 309-682-9875 is the phone number. 309-682-9875. Why do I like going there? You ask me? Or maybe you asked me. I'm going to pretend you asked me. Uh the staff is great. Uh they are um, you know, kind of familial like you expect at a at a neighborhood bar. Um the people behind the place are veterans who served in foreign wars. And the whole group uh does a whole lot of philanthropic stuff uh within our community. They do a lot of things to help veteran organizations, to help uh, just people. And so when you go there and you spend money, you should know that anything beyond what keeps the bar running actually winds up going to some sort of good cause. And who better to trust than people who served and protected our country uh, to pick what causes those are? They're doing a toy drive for kids. Uh, You can still drop off toys. A little bit of time left to that. They're going to be open on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, all day, regular hours. Uh, Matt and Jess are the people that are going to be tending bar. So you can go hang out there if you need somewhere to go on Thanksgiving. They just do, they just do great stuff. Uh, and their, um, their raffle is up to like $130,000 or something, maybe just under that. So, uh, they're also going to at some point in the foreseeable future give away a crap ton of money to someone that wins that, uh, raffle. Uh, and you know all about that if you remember a few years ago when they gave away almost a million, uh, to the winner in that raffle. All right. Um, some quick things I wanted to discuss. I waited. Uh, to the tail end of the show to throw these things on the show, uh, so I bought a, um, I actually made my first actual gun purchase uh, over the weekend. I went to Peak and Gun. Um, that's a gun store. If you've ever been to a store and you're like, "Is this a, a gun store or just like a store that has some guns?" Uh, Peak and Gun is a gun store, a sporting goods store. Uh, the the display was massive. The craziest thing is that because of the the changes to laws uh, recently, there's a whole bunch of stuff you can't buy. Um, which to me is even more fascinating that that exists and that you can't sell it and that there's a whole bunch of inventory that's not going anywhere. But the reason I'm bringing this up at all in the show, the thing I, I eventually purchased, and this is this is the true reason I did it, is because I went uh, shooting with um, Jonathan Juergens at Tamara, who's a gun expert. I brought my wife along with me. She fired a gun for the first time in her life. Talked about it on the radio last week. I did not ever think that she'd be someone uh, herself that would enjoy firing guns or want guns to be around her all that much. She did grow up with a gun in her house. Uh, Her dad had them in Mexico, Uh, but still like just kind of uh, thought of herself as someone she wasn't calling for any restrictions of gun rights, but she wasn't going to do anything uh, about any sort of uh, gun herself. Um, And she went shooting and her mind has been changed. And so uh, the thing I got is a rifle, uh, but it's a 22 it's a, it's a, you know, it shoots uh, kind of, I guess the the littlest of bullets or one of the cheaper bullets you can buy out there. And I'm going to wind up, you know, sharing that with Betty and using it to learn how to be better Uh, just because it is it is fun. But what really kind of stood out to me, and this is a weird thing to say, is that there's versions of the thing I bought that would currently be illegal. And the person that I intended to give it to is one of the sweetest, nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. So there's a disparity there that was just like sort of shocking and confusing to understand is that like, wait, this is a thing that we talk about in some ways. And granite mine's on the up and up. It's it's what it's you're allowed to sell now. Um, but it was it was so interesting to me because, you know, there's a whole lot of people for a variety of reasons that would want to legally own something that the Second Amendment gives you every right to own that would have no intention of ever hurting anyone uh, with it. And those people would include my wife. Um And I, I don't know, it was just it's just sort of remarkable to me. So I wanted to mention it. I also wanted to mention how uh, nice of an experience it was at the and Gun and Sporting Goods store. Just because of how thorough everybody was with this is not a commercial they 're not paying me I 'm just telling you that I had a, I had a good time uh, there and uh, Jonathan Jergens, actually a Tamer, was there with me uh, telling me what uh, made sense uh, and what I can take and actually the coolest thing about the thing that I bought is you can take it apart. Uh, Easy. I know you can take anything apart. I know that from anyone that owns them. Um, But this one, like it's like two buttons and it breaks into two pieces so I can handle it. So that that felt really good to me. And the ammo is real cheap is what they told me because of the the type of ammo that it fires. Uh, But anyway, uh, that's another story I just wanted to share and a unique experience I had. You're not even allowed to take the thing, by the way. Anyone who's also purchased a gun legally knows that. You got to wait three days. They're calling it the cool off period where I, I don't get to have the thing that I already paid for. Uh, which is not anybody 's fault it, just, it was a little bit disappointing it, it felt um, a little anticlimactic in that sense. I got to walk out with nothing uh, but anyway, uh, I just wanted to share that because again it was it was amusing to me that essentially what is uh, being created to re- and honestly you know what i 'll say one other thing this is a good thing to say about this, but i 'm going to say this because it 's true and it matters and I was having this conversation with a couple people inside of Peak and Gun. There's a lot of things that are that are legal um, that would uh, be really bad things for people to have and use if they wanted to hurt a lot of people that will never get restricted. Um, And one such thing. And again, I'm not trying to coach anybody to do anything better. uh, That'd be horrific. But a a shotgun um, is something that actually uh, potentially. Uh, would be more harmful than some of the things that laws are trying to uh, change or adjust or whatever it is they're doing. And that that was really jarring to me to have that. I've had that conversation before, but have it again there and to realize, like, what is even the point of some of these rules and laws compared to what they're telling you when the people behind the scenes should know all this stuff, uh, should know what they're doing and how they're doing it. And they'll know that they won't uh, have any sort of impact on The one reason that most Americans, well, not most Americans, but Americans who do support, um, you know, gun right restrictions support them is to not have horrific stories in the news. uh, where people, uh, you know, uh, use guns for mass shootings and literally the things they do will have no impact. Uh, And I've talked about that before. There was a study looked at the 10 year assault rifle ban uh, within the entire country was not done by a far right or even right at all organization, and it found that there was zero impact uh, to mass shootings or shootings at all uh, during the time in which the assault weapons were banned. So, again, they're they're not even truthfully going after the thing, and you just got to be in the community and and talk to people in the community to understand it better, uh, which is another reason I'm doing this. I will tell you the truth, too. This is weird to say, and it's a rant on this topic. I never really thought of myself as someone who'd own a lot of guns or or two. I guess I have two now. Well, I only still have one. I'm going to eventually have a second one or go shooting or any of that stuff. I didn't think of myself as that person either, even though I had military family that always told me that they would take me, like, train me, show me how to do it right. Um, But it's just fun to shoot a target. I had a buddy of mine ask me if I'd want to go hunting with him uh, over the weekend since I've been talking about this on the air. And I'm like, I don't know if I'll, I'll do that part. And you might call me a weak or a pansy uh, for not doing that part, but I don't know if I'll do that part. Uh, but I'll go. Uh, I'll keep experiencing this stuff uh, because the last thing we should do yeah, on any topic, this, I'm pompous, this is high and mighty. This is on the soapbox down the show. The last thing you should do is make up your mind without any reason to make it up. And what I mean by that is without any experience, whatever the thing is, for you to be definitively sure of something uh, means that you're being arrogant, in my opinion, because you have no idea how you'll actually react until you experience something, whatever the thing is you need to experience, and that might change your opinion on whatever is the thing that you're pretty sure your opinion is so strong on. And case in point was my wife uh, going with me uh, with a instructor, Uh, to try to fire a gun for the first time in her life after being in situations uh, where a gun almost killed her, uh, like really scary situations a few times in her life, then conquering whatever fear it was, whatever thing it was, and also better understanding the way in which people can, for fun, uh, use something like that. And it was was interesting. And so, again, I I don't know, uh, just to end the rant there, uh, the best way, I think, and honestly, I'll say it about something totally different, less charged, people won't get as mad, yell at the radio if that's what you're doing right now, now, the thing I hate the most about J.B. Pritzker, what a great way to end the show, but the thing I hate the most about him is a bunch of the um, rules he created and laws he changed and ways he harmed small businesses is stuff that he'd never experienced in, in his entire life because of how wealthy his family is, and I think that anybody who forces you away from your livelihood should at least have experienced what it's like... Do not have a livelihood of your own. Otherwise, you can't tell us that that's a good decision and one you can make and one that won't hurt as bad as you think it'll hurt or the government will help you here or over there. It was insane. It was one of the biggest problems I had uh, with a lot of the, the rules. Not the only problem, but one of the biggest ones I had of the rules that were created is because the guy creating them couldn't fathom the damage he was doing to people and their their, like, homes. All right. I'll take a break, and then, well, I'm done, actually, so I'll get out of here. Uh, Dave Ramsey's coming up next. Bradley Braves are playing basketball this evening. A game starts at 9.30, pregame starts at 9. 1470s and AM, 100.3s and FM, and all over the Internet, WMBD Radio.